Mark chapter number 4 tonight, page 1050, if you have a Schofield Bible, Mark chapter number 4. Very familiar passage, however, I believe. We can see a little thought there that perhaps you've never seen. And tonight, just share a little truth God's given me, and I tell you, it sure has blessed my heart today, and I sure trust it'll bless yours. Mark chapter 4, page 1050, if you find your place, let's stand together. We'll read one verse here together in just a little bit, and I'll tell you when. The same day, verse 35, and the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. Verse 37 is going to be our text verse. Let's read that verse together. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillar. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Brother Barry, it's good to have you back. Lead us to the throne of grace. Oh, yes. Amen. You'll be seated. I don't know if you've ever caught that one statement that's made in verse 37. And there arose a great storm of wind. Had it been a thunderstorm, they could have heard it coming. Had it been a seasonal storm, they could have saw the clouds as they blew in. I, I, I thought it was interesting. As we was going home yesterday, the clouds were, were, were blowing in. And I seen them as they were coming in and and, and, and thinking, boy, storms are coming up. But wind is one of those things that comes unexpected. As a matter of fact, I'd like to title the message, When You're Blindsided. One of the things about the Sea of Galilee that made it so dangerous was that the winds would come up in a moment's notice. You never knew it was coming. And in a moment's notice, you could be in the storm of your life without even, without any, any warning whatsoever. Because they were known for the storms of the wind. Can I just say this? I'm, I've been thinking about a message on, on the Holy Ghost like the wind. 
You know, you can't capture the wind. You can't clothe the wind. You can't conquer the wind. Nor can you corral it up. Truth of the matter is, all we see is the results of it. Amen? And so we find here that this is a storm of the wind. It was that storm that comes up unexpected in your life. I love boxing. I always have. And, and I'm just amazed. I think one of the things that intrigues me, one dude could just be beating the stuff inside the other fellow. I mean, just whooping him up one side and down the, uh, down the other. And then just with one shot, that lick he didn't see coming, knocked the other fellow out cold. I just love it. Amen. And, uh, and it's the shot. It's the, it's the lick that he never saw coming. You know, sometimes life does that. Comes blindsides just with that that we didn't expect it. Daddy, mom take their baby to a, uh, for a normal checkup and a good expecting a good report, and then something happens, and and in a day's time the whole ordeal changes and get blindsided. Husband who thinks he's treating his wife right and everything's good to come home and. Fine, she's packed up and left. Wife knows something's not right, but just can't quite put her finger on it. Only to hear the words, I want to divorce. A lot of storms that can happen in life. I, I was thinking the other day that uh, this to the dear lady, and uh, I, I mean, it's probably been 50 years now, and yet how raw and how real it was that she lost a 10-year-old child. and I was absolutely amazed how, how real, even and the tears were just as, just as real and it was just as raw to her. And that's probably been 50 years ago now, how real it really was. They come unexpected and without warning. I didn't expect to use this, certainly didn't plan it. And I was told that Miss Annie just walked into the mailbox and walking back and fell. And her foot turned in a certain way. And for the days out, she's having surgery and plates put in and, and reconstruct. And she's in the hospital and looking now for, for, for rehab. But that, being blindsided, she, she didn't wake up that morning and decided, man, today'd be a good day to break my ankle. Blindsided. Sometimes life does that to us and gives us those things. How many over the last couple of years, how many over the last couple of years have walked into a job only to find that before the day's out, they called everybody together and said, we're shutting the factory down. So we never know. But I'm so glad tonight that the Bible has given us some solutions, some answers when we're blindsided in life. And tonight, may I share them with you. May I say, first of all, first thing you ought to do when you're blindsided in life is, number one, take His Word over how you feel. The same day when the evening was come, He saith unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. Had you interviewed those disciples, of course, you know, Peter, he's the big mouth. And no doubt Peter would have stepped up and said, Fellas, do you think Jesus can take you 
to the other side, I think Peter would have jumped up. He, he would have quickly jumped up and said, Hey man, give me that microphone. Let me just tell you here. He said, Yes, I'll tell you what's the truth. Hallelujah. Jesus said it. What's wrong with you? We're going to the other side. No problem. No problem. But the sun's shining. The wind's not blowing. Everything looks good. But notice, just a little while, in the middle of the storm, we go to Peter and say, Peter, do you still believe that God can take you to the other side? I wonder, I wonder if Peter would not say, Hey man, what's wrong with you? Have you lost your mind? We're in the middle of the storm. We're going to sink. My God, don't you... What's wrong with you? We're done. Get the lifeboats. Get out the life jackets. Do whatever we got to do. You know why? Because the storm's coming. Why many times God gives us a word. And I want you to know, when you get a word from God... Well, that word ought to override how you feel. The most destructive, the most destructive thing in your Christian life is to build it on how you feel. I love this. Some people believe because I'm the pastor that I wake up every morning, jump out of bed and say, Hallelujah! Look out, world! Here we come! No, that don't happen. Some mornings I wake up I tell you, you've got more aches and pains than you can imagine. <laughs> Some mornings in discussion, which one of us is hurting the worst? Me or Darlene? <laughs> Amen. And he says, Boy, I tell you, my back's hurting, but my shoulders are killing me. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. And if I went on feeling, if I went on feeling, I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't serve God a lot of times. And in the storm, I'd be willing to give up. How many people hinge their salvation, hinge their service, hinge what they're going to do in the midst of a feeling? I mean, how many times? Well, I tell you what's the truth, preacher. I, I know what God put in my heart for missions. And I'm going to tell you, in for a month or two, I mean, hallelujah, God done exactly what He said, and then the storm. The car tore up, the dog bitchy. Shoot the dog, amen. Dog bitchy. Everything blows up in the house. Your wife's slow. Vacations, time's coming, so we just can't, we don't feel like we can do that this month. Oh my goodness, feeling. But when we find, we allow, when we allow God's Word to do, I'm going to tell you something. If God had to make that ship a submarine, they was going to the other side. If God had to miraculously turn that ship into a submarine, they were going to the other side. Made no difference about it. Can I help you tonight? When God gives you a word, I want you to know He'll do exactly what He said He would do. 
Every time in the Bible, men hinged on feelings. They got in a mess. Genesis 27, 21, And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. I'm going to tell you something. Make one of the worst mistakes in life. Why? Because he based it on a feeling. He even said later, he said he sounds like Jacob. He, he, he sounds like Jacob, but he feels like Esau. And even daddy knew something wasn't right. So when Esau comes in, he's done give out the blessing. And all it just turned the family all into, you know why? Because instead of a word from God, here God had said, hey fellas, let's go to the other side. God said he'd go to the other side. I would, I, let me just say this. The Bible says, and God had not given you the spirit of fear. But a power and love, I like this next one, a sound mind. You won't be crazy. That's what he's saying. Spirit of fear. Some of God's people are so fearful if the devil says, boo! They shoot him ten times before he got out of the way. Eat up with fear. Eat up with fear. Oh, I'm telling you, boy, you, let me just, I, I got some, I got some help for some of you. Cut your television off. Quit watching the news. Quit watching what this world's a saying. Get back to a word from God and you won't be so fearful. This world builds, it feeds on fear. It feeds on, it feeds your fear. It feeds your fear. The most destructive thing we can do is 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 on our feelings. Now don't don't boo me out. God cares about how we feel. We are not a high, a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He cares how you feel. Now I'm going to tell you something. He wants you to trust His word. How many a man's destroyed his family over a feeling? How many young ladies destroyed their family over a feeling? Well, I want you to know. We find here. And if anybody had a reason to allow feeling to override a word, it was the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke twenty two forty four, 44, the Bible says, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat as it was, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Twenty six thirty nine. He went a little further, fell on his face, and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Boy, don't you know, he went again in verse 42 a second time. Boy, if feelings carried weight, don't you know the father would look down and say, Now, son, won't you just come on home? That crowd's not worth the pain and the agony of dying for them. But I want you to know he never. You know why? Because God had given a word back in Isaiah, who had believed our report into whom his arm of the Lord revealed. He should grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. Had no form of comeliness. When we shall see him, there is no beauty we should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid as it was our face from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. You know why? He was wounded for our transgressions, for our sins. God given a word, and so feelings. Take his word 
over how you feel. Second, all oh, this is a killer. Just I, I just say, I just say, oh me, help me, Lord. You gotta turn loose of the wheel. Say, how do you know they turn loose the wheel? Let me show you. There was at least three experienced fishermen on this ship. And they no doubt fished the Sea of Galilee all their life. No doubt Peter spoke up this one. I've come through storms. I know how to handle this. I've been through a many a storm. And he said, Fellas, I know what exactly what to do, but when did they turn it loose? Here's when it did. And he was in the hundred part of the ship asleep on a pillar and they awake him and say unto him, Master, cares not that we perish. A verse earlier said, and when the ship was full, who's driving the ship here? Who's got the steering wheel? Ship's full of water and wind and somebody's turned loose of the wheel. I'm going to be very honest with you. I, I struggle with this one. I like driving. If I let Darlene drive, I am very sleepy and very tired. And I don't try to sleep long until I say, just pull over here and I'll, I'll go back to driving. Now, she's a good driver. And I'm getting a little more used to it. But y'all turn loose the wheel. I challenge you. Take your Bible and find where God ever moved greatly while somebody's holding the wheel. I challenge you to find it. I'm not an animal lover. Those of you that's around here, I'm terrified of dogs. I made a visit yesterday, and I still think I need a bigger cable on that dog. I, I really do. Amen. I'd put a log chain on that sucker is what I'd do. Amen. And if I, No, I would. I would get close enough to put a chain on it. And I'm not an animal lover. Some of you are, and I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with that. Amen. And uh, but but years ago when we was kids, my my aunt, uh, little maid, been years ago, and I, I don't know where she even got it, but she had a monkey. She had a monkey, and uh, and 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 this is the coolest thing. We would catch grasshoppers, and that thing would just try to get out of the cage to get a grasshopper. He just bite their heads off and just chomp them things. This is the coolest thing you ever seen in your life. <laughs> and. Uh, and they say they're, they're really mean. And, uh, but, and I don't know why they, I don't even know why it ever happened that monkey. And, uh, but anyway, she had a, she had a monkey. And, uh, but I was reading one day how they catch monkeys in the wild. They take a cord. And they cut a hole just big enough for it to get its hand inside the gourd. And what they do, they tie the gourd to a tree. Fasten it to the tree. And inside the gourd, they put a handful of peanuts. And when the monkey comes, he shakes the gourd, and he sticks his hand and gets his hand. But when he gets his hand, it makes a fist. And that monkey's so stupid. You know what it'll do? It will be, it will, it will get 
caught, captured, before it will ever turn loose of those peanuts that's in its hand. It will not turn them loose. And when it makes a fist, it's too big to get out of the hole and it's trapped. Now, if the monkey's that stupid, <laughs> how many of us, how smart are we to hold on to something you can't control? Ain't you tired of blaming God and getting mad and blowing apart when you can't control it? Why don't you turn that mess loose? And I'm going to be honest with you, I, I don't do that good. When our bus ministry wasn't going, you and us, Ronnie, we'd done everything we could to get out here and make that thing work. But I tell you, there come a point when I threw my hands up and said, Now, God... I know you give me the bus. It's sitting out there. We can't make this say, God, I surrender. I give up. It's your bus. Now, God, when you want to move, you move it, you feel it. And I say, hallelujah. When we quit driving that thing, God moved in the midst of it and took over and started adding to this thing. You know what's amazing? The very places we're visiting now and getting riders we visited before, we couldn't give them to give us a time of day. You say, I, you know God's doing the driving. He saved this morning. Amen. Two little kids of Miss Hale today. Amen. I say, hallelujah. They're Miss Hale today because God's doing the driving and not us. You'll find, Acts 27, and when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, don't miss this, and no small tempest lay on us. Now hold it. And all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Now listen, the next verse didn't come till somebody's turned loose of the wheel. Notice, but after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, I like him so much. You shouldn't hearken unto me. I told you to listen to me, bunch of idiots. And all got loose from Crete. And I've gained this harm and loss. And I exhort you, be of good cheer. There should be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Here's what he's just saying. When there was no hope, they took their hands off the wheel. Then God said, Paul, come here. I've got a word for you. Just been waiting on you to turn loose of the wheel. It is amazing. When I, now, I, I, I told you, I've been serious. I don't do this good. I, I, I struggle with this one. Luke 8, 43. And woman having an issue of blood 12 years. Now notice, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. She, she, she's turned loose of the wheel now. She's saying, I've spent everything. I've done all I can do. I, I, I'm really honest with you. Would you look up here at me? It, it would, you know what it's going to take for some of us to turn loose of the wheel? It's going to take everything around you that you've been working at, finally trying to make, when honor that works, and you throw your hands up saying, God, I just turned loose of the wheel. You'd be amazed at what God could do, and He could do it sooner. You just won't turn loose of the wheel. 
Just don't turn loose of it. Take him at his word over how we feel. Number one, you've got to turn loose of the wheel. They're not driving this ship now. He's doing the driving. Number three, I love this. Tell it to Jesus. I learned a great lesson. Dealing with people, they'll come to my office and they'll just pour their heart out and, and, and I'll sit there and smile and listen. And when they get done, they'll say, Boy, preacher, you really helped me. Thank you so much. I, I never said a word. They just need to tell somebody. Now, there's some folks, that's all they want to do is tell somebody. But you see, I love this. They didn't come. Now say, now Jesus, now, now please Jesus, we don't want to hurt you. No, no, no. They, they got honest. Jesus, don't you care? We're drowning here, man. Jesus, don't you care? Jesus, don't you care? We're perishing. You know what do you well? Quit trying to have all these flower prayers. You know, you know, boy, I was just standing over here and, and, and God knows my heart. Well, you ought to get Josh to pray tonight and thank the Lord for the offering. I said, come on up here. And I told him, I said, come up here and stand right here. I said, stand beside him. Young men made me look better. Amen. Stand right there. And you know why? Because while he was praying, he didn't really care whether you hurt him or not. He was just talking to God. See, we, we got this ideal that we just can't talk, talk to God. <laughs> it's been years ago, so don't worry. Don't, don't get excited. But I remember years ago, I would pray, and I'd be aggravated with somebody, and I'd say, Now, Lord, do you still do these opening up the earth and swallowing up people? <laughs> if you do, I've got a few that needs to be swallowed up. A few years ago, a few years ago, a man was in his bed, and the, and, and the earth swallowed up, opened up underneath his house and just swallowed him in bed all up. It, it literally done it. And I said, wow, God, you do do it. Amen, you still do do it. I don't pray that no more. You ought to be thankful. Amen. These altars here are not just for salvation. They're not here for just salvation. They're here for you to come and tell it to Jesus. I mean, just, just talk to him. I, I come to God sometimes and say, God, I, I'm just telling you, God, just, just driving me crazy. Lord, I, 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 I come to God and, and, and sometimes I just, I just be real honest. And, and, and sometimes I go to God and say, God, are you sure you're up there? They haven't seen like brass and, and heaven seen, and, and, and the prayers don't seem to make it above my head. See, we just need to get good and honest with God and just tell Him. You say, uh, you, you, you say, well, preacher, I don't feel comfortable about that. Isn't it amazing? You won't feel comfortable about that, but you put it on Facebook where thousands of it can read, strangers read everything about your life. You're comfortable with that? Oh, it goes out thousands of people who really don't care. I, I tell you what does drive me nuts. It drives me nuts. It absolutely drives me nuts. And that is this. I, I don't like details. Darlene, she'll, she'll, I, I just love her. She'll, uh, I'll, I'll tell her something. And she'll start asking me details. And I say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
She said, well, didn't you ask? I said, no. Why didn't you? I didn't want to know. I don't like details. I'm just being honest with you. I don't. You know what I like? I like the bottom line. A salesman talks to me and he starts to himself. I say, listen, man, just, just cut the, just cut through the through all of this bottom line. Watch this. How much you want for this? Give me bottom line. I know what it all about it. I don't like details. I don't like details much of anything. Give me the give me the big picture. That's all I'm interested in. They didn't come and say, Master, carest thou not we perish? The Bible says he stood up and he calmed the wind and the waves with just a word. Here's what I really want to get you to. Very few Christians get here. Very few. Let me, let me say this if you can get here. Let me say this if you can get here. You're probably a pretty mature Christian. Most, most Christians I know of not here. I've been here a little, not as much as I'd like. But if you can get here, you're a pretty mature Christian. And that is, be thankful in the midst of the storm. If you can be thankful in the midst of the storm, you're a pretty mature Christian. Most folks are not. Psalmist said, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful in him and bless his name. Second Corinthians, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving may redound to the glory of God. Colossians 2 said, Rooted and builded up in him, established in the faith. She's been taught about and therein with thanksgiving. Can I say, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, in everything, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The greatest day of a Christian's life is when we can thank Him in the midst of the storms. When we can say, thank you if you bless me, and thank you if you choose not to. Thank you if you heal me, but thank you if you choose not to. The greatest day of our Christian life is when you stop putting God on trial, when everything, when, when everything doesn't turn out the way you expect it to. It is the Christianity of three Hebrew boys that stood before a fire furnace and said, O King, we know God's able to deliver us, but understand something, but if not, we're still not going to bow. But if not, now I'm going to be honest with you. That's a Christian. That's a maturity. That's a that that's a maturity, and I, that's a growth. And and very few very few ever get there, but a few do. And if you can get there, you have come a great you've come a great distance in your Christian life. Not when the sun's shining, when it's raining, when it's storming. Right in the middle, right in the middle of your hardest trial, you can look around and bow your head and say, God, through tears even, while you weep, you say, God, I don't understand this, but let me just thank you anyhow. Let me thank you anyhow. Then there's one more note here I want to give you tonight before we leave. 
And when they had sent away the multitude, they took even him even as it was in the ship. And he's in the larger ship, and there were also with him other little ships. When traveling, many times the little ships couldn't make it by themselves. So the larger ship, the one Jesus is in, would take the lead and become what's called the wedge ship. And in the storm, what they would do would be make a path. And the little ships would get in behind the wedge ship. And they could get through the storm because of the wedge ship. And it was always these little ships. And if the larger ship sank, there's a better and good chance all the little ships is going to sink too. As a matter of fact, this same principle is seen in geese when they fly south. It's not just in the water. One would take a lead. And it's an amazing thing happens. When one takes the lead, all the rest of them get behind him. And if you've ever heard him, they're squawking. Now, I don't know how they figured this out. But they believe that the squawk is not for you and I to hear, but to encourage the leader to keep point, to stay on track, to, to encourage the one up front. Something else happens. They take all the young geese and they put them in the back. And the reason they do is those up front create an airflow. And that airflow blows under the belly of the small geese and lifts them. And whenever they can't fly, it holds them in place to follow the other ones. Because the young geese can't make the journey by themselves. So the older geese get up front and they make a V-shape and literally create an airflow underneath to hold them up and help them to make the journey. I, I was blessed to know in. I, I saw something this morning. Didn't know if you saw it, but I did. I saw the wedge. I saw the lead geese this morning standing here and a wife standing beside of him. And I saw some little geese behind, in his arms and one standing beside her. And as long as they stay right, they're going to create an airflow underneath them youngins that keeps them in the right path. But if they break formation, guess what's going to happen to the little ones? Odds are they're not going to make the journey. You understand how important this thing is? I love this. They make a V-shape uh, formation. I, I like this. And this is interesting. When somebody wants to get out of formation, the others will bite him, get him back in formation. Don't start biting one another. Amen. But don't miss this. Daddy, when you choose to get all sideways and get out of formation, would you just look back over your shoulder? Hey, some little geese underneath you. You're creating a wind under them. And if you get out, there's a good chance they're not going to make the journey. I'm glad that whenever I was, whenever I was seven years old, my daddy got saved and got us in church. 
I'm thrilled because he got us in church. Me and Darlene got married. We missed church. He'd call us. Hey, where you at? Where you youngers at? Church time. You need to get here. I love that. I didn't, I didn't like it then. I like it now. Amen. Now, my children are in church. Now, my grandchildren are in church. Now, I'm the old geese up front. <laughs> and guess what? I can't, I, can't, I can't get off point. I can't quit. Go ahead. Quit. Sell out for another, another toy. But don't miss this. There's some little geese running up behind you. If you quit, you tell me what's going to happen to them. We find here that red ship would make a way for the other little ships. What happened to them little ships? They got to the other side too. You know why? Because the larger ship didn't quit. Didn't quit. I, I just, I, boy, that, I just bless my heart to no end. Four things to do when you get blindsided. By the way, don't miss this. If you live long enough, you're going to get blindsided. That thing's going to show up that you least expect. That report that's going to, that thing's going to happen that, that, you, that you're, not going, you're not going to be ready for. Life goes on, you're going to get blindsided. What to do? Believe His Word over what you feel. Oh, this is a, this is a killer. Turn loose of the wheel. Because as long as you got a hold of the wheel, He's going to let you fight it until you can't fight it no more. Turn loose of the wheel. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Sing that old song. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. And number and number four. Oh, if we can get here. Be thankful in the midst of the storm. Last of all, some little ships. Hey, some little ships. And they're going to by what we, we've come the greatest example. We come the Bible they read, and how we've faced the storms of our life is going to be a good way chance of how they'll face the storms in their life. So I'll stand to her feet.